Well, today you get me for this part of the service because Pastor Mike uh, called in this morning and he's got a a terrible migraine. And so we're praying that he would get some relief from that. Uh, But you're stuck with B team for now. So um, it's a wonderful Sunday here at Faithwork. We're so glad that you're here. Um, Like I said before, if you're online, we're so glad that you're here. If you're new with us uh, and we haven't had the chance to meet you yet, uh, we would love to get to connect with you. We'd love to get to just uh, get to know you a little about who you are. And the best way to do that is in our seats. We have a blue connection card. Uh, And you can pull that out. You can put some of your basic info on there. And we would just love to reach out to you, say hello, introduce ourselves, uh, get to know you a little bit more, and maybe see if uh, there's a way for you to connect here at Faithbrook. Um, And so we'd love for you to do that. If you're more of a techie person, you can go to faithbrook.church/slash guests. It's the same form, and then uh, that'll get straight to Pastor Mike, who can who can reach back out to you. And for every uh, connection card, whichever way uh, it gets filled out, we like to give just a small donation to Cross Food Shelf in our area, just because we love people and we love helping on our community. So, um, and this next week. I mean, this week, sorry, this Wednesday at 5.30, uh, we're going to have this wonderful event because we love connecting people even within our church family. And so we're going to have this summer splash event, um, and it's going to be right here on campus on the lawn. It's going to be a really fun day. I think the weather looks gorgeous, and we're going to have a big uh, bounce house with a water slide on it, and there's going to be little kiddie pools and water tables for younger kids, some cornhole, and, and lots of other stuff for adults. We're going to have basically a, a catering uh, burger company that if you just think Culver's, that's basically what it's going to be. And so uh, we'd invite all of you out to come and just connect with other people here at Faithbrook and just have a, a wonderful time in our community. And so you don't have to register for this event, but we would love for you to, just so that we can get an idea of who's coming. We already have over 40 people that have registered, uh, so you can do that too. Um, And you can do that on our website. You can find the event, uh, Summer Splash, or you can do that on our app, the Church Center app. You can find Faithbrook on there, and you can register through that as well. And that just gives us an idea of about how many people are going to be there so we can prepare a little better. So we hope that we see you there. Uh, We hope that I get to meet you there and get to know you a little bit better And right now we're going to hand it over to Pastor Jim. He's going to continue in our series called Unsung Heroes. I'm telling you, when I was a kid, that show was one of my favorite. I mean, that intro would come on and it would set me off. I can still hear my mother yelling at me from the kitchen, Jimmy, get off the couch, right? I'd be jumping on that couch, kicking, bam, boom, squash. I mean, it was full on with Batman the Hero. And, you know, there would be the Commissioner Gordon. He's like, we got problems and, and sent out the bat signal. And, oh, he'd get that uh, red phone and, and said, uh, we got to go, right? Slide down the poles and blast off. And he was always confronted with those villains, right? You got the Riddler and the obnoxious Joker and then the, the gnarly penguin guy, right? I mean, they were up against it. And then they would go to battle. But, you know, I think one of the, the special things about the, the early model of Batman 
is they really highlighted the unsung hero, and that was the boy wonder, Robin. Well, that is what we're speaking about these, this summer. It's about unsung heroes, not in the comics, but in the Bible. Sure, there are a lot of uh, uh, epic, iconic uh, figures in the Bible, but the, the people on the sidelines, the, the sidekicks, really don't get a lot of press. And so we're learning this summer about these unsung heroes and how they can apply to our life. We're so glad that you have come on this beautiful summer morning in Faithbrook. What a Great way to start your day off at just honoring God. And if you're a guest with us, or maybe this is your second or third time, welcome back. You might be online today, wherever you're at. We welcome you today. So two weeks ago, we, we talked about Barnabas and how he was an unsung hero in the very early church. And he, he was a hero in his ways from his encouragement. We found uh, Circumstances where he encouraged people by just uh, exhorting them and uh, promoting them and say, hang in there, don't give up. Sometimes he encouraged by including people when other people were like, I'm not sure if we want to hang out with that person. Sometimes it was monetarily just giving donations to the, the early church and setting that off. Last week, Pastor Mike, he digged out an old little um, character in the old Bibles of all places, Numbers. And this character was Phineas. Who's heard of Phineas? Yet, he was a hero in his day because sin started coming into the camp and Phineas had the courage to address sin and kill sin. And we learned last week, if we're willing to kill sin, we can gain life. Well, today, we're going to be talking about one of the biggest uh, iconic heroes in the Bible, and that is Moses. I think... Um, 14 centuries before Christ, Moses was kind of like the, the Batman because he was going to be called upon to confront one of the biggest villains of the day, and that was Pharaoh. So if, if the book of Exodus shares this story about how God's people, the Israelites, sometimes they're called the, the Jewish people or the Hebrew people, they found themselves enslaved by this Pharaoh in the Egyptian empire. Uh, they migrated to Egypt uh, because there was a, a famine in the, in the land. Next thing you know, they're, they're multiplying. And so this egotistic, power-hungry uh, king, Pharaoh, said, Hey, we can use these Jewish people, these Israelites, to build our roads and infrastructures and carry all the bricks and stones for our pyramids and our statues. And he was harsh. He was brutal. So, so God hears his people's cry. They're in agony. They're, they're suffering greatly. And so God says, man, I, I got to send out the, the, the bat signal, right? I, I need someone to show up and battle uh, and to help deliver my people. So he sends out the signal to Moses. Now, Moses is on the other side of the desert. He's kind of out of the game. He, he's had some failures. He's had some setbacks. And so he's just kind of doing his own thing. But God says, Moses, I need you back in the game. I need you to go and confront Pharaoh. Now, God didn't send uh, um, a signal in the clouds like Batman, but he had a burning bush. And he stalled, uh, captured Moses' attention, and this burning bush started talking, and it was the voice of God. And God says, Moses, my people are suffering, and I believe you're the man. I, I need you to go and to confront Pharaoh and have my people be delivered. Well, immediately, 
Moses is like, me? me? Why are you talking to me? I'm a failure. I've had some uh, setbacks, and I I haven't been doing much. And if you look at my resume, I I got some weaknesses. I I got some limitations. I'm really nervous about this. And and God says, I know you are, but but I can help you. And here's one of the ways that I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you with a sidekick. I am sending your relative Aaron to stand with you and help you in these very scary, um, tense times of negotiating and persuading this evil Pharaoh. So Moses says, okay, I'm, I'm willing to go. And so he starts heading back to uh, Egypt to confront, and God goes and talks to the, the unsung hero, and that is Aaron. Exodus 4 uh, shares it this way. The Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. Okay, because God knows that a lot of times leaders and even heroes don't always have it all together, that they need assistance. They need someone emotionally, spiritually, maybe physically to stand with them. So you go and you meet him. And so he met Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. I mean, that was customary. And, and with that, that embrace, uh, there, there, there was a connection. And what Aaron's saying to Moses, hey, man, I'm, I'm here for you. Uh, you can count on me. Let's do this thing together. We, we can do this thing. And I'm sure that really blessed Moses. And next thing you know, then Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say and also about all the signs he had commanded him to perform. So, so Moses is like, oh, Aaron, I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, there's this burning bush. And God's like, I have all the people we got to confront and we, I got to talk to is Pharaoh. Uh, and it's, it's going to be tough. You know, he's the most uh, powerful man in the world at this time and all this stuff. And right, he's just probably going off, right? And there's, there's Aaron. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for you. So sure enough, they get an audience uh, with, with Pharaoh And uh, this is what it says. It says, Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. I need you to release our people. We want to go out and worship our God, not your gods, uh, and have a festival. Pharaoh said to them, Well, who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Pharaoh's like saying, are you kidding me? Uh, No way. I'm not going to let my free slave labor, who's stoking my ego and my empire, you'll never come back. There's no way that's going to happen. So so it continues. Then they said, well, the God of Hebrews Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey to the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord and our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to work. Obviously, this didn't go well, right? So now he's ticked. They've ticked off the, the king, the Pharaoh. Uh, the word is getting out back to, to the Israelites. Hey, uh, that Moses guy is back, and Aaron, and, and they're confronting uh, the villain, the, the Pharaoh, and now he's, he's making our work even harder, and, and now they're, they're mad at Aaron and Moses through, through all this, right? But they would not give up. They stayed obedient. 
And they would constantly go back to Pharaoh, and pretty soon God started instituting these plagues, and, and Pharaoh would be wishy-washy, yes, no, and there would constantly this battle. It was tense. It was upsetting. And few times there was Aaron who would do the speaking. It wasn't hero Moses. It was Aaron. And one time God said, Aaron, it's your turn. You, you, throw, you take your staff and you throw it down. Some of you know the story that his staff turned into a snake just to prove to Pharaoh, hey, they, they, God is on their side. And, and we learn that in these intense, scary situations, it's so important to have someone along by your side. And the person that can be along your side doesn't always have to have the same gifts that you do. And a lot of times, uh, these errands, these unsung heroes, just like Robin with Batman, had different types of gifts that complemented the, the hero or the leader in this circumstance. But mainly, we, we see this one principle, that when God called Moses to address and enter into one of the most difficult times of his life, Aaron stood with him. Aaron stood with him when the, the chips were down and there was a, a great risk at hand. There was Aaron in the battle. Many times in our lives, we wish we had an Aaron. There are things that you might have went through, I've been through. They're like, man, this, this is tough. Uh, let's say maybe the, the doctor's office calls and says, hey, we got your test results back. But we'd like to see you as soon as possible. That's scary. Who's going to be the one that's going to walk into that doctor's office with us? Maybe the school calls and says, Mr. and Mrs., uh, uh, we'd, we're concerned about your child. We'd, we'd like to see you. That's scary. Who's going to be at our side? Or, or maybe your child is, is making decisions that's just tearing your heart out. Who will walk with us? Who will understand with us? Maybe someone has accused you of something wrongly. Uh, will you have an advocate? Will you have someone that will be in your corner? Maybe you've been through a setback or going through a major setback in your career, in your life, in your family, and you're all alone. What a blessing if someone was there. You know, I've been in ministry for 30 years, and, and there's been some uh, private uh, situations where people had to be confronted. Uh, it's maybe some scandals, and I've just watched some other wise leaders. And one of the things they always do is says, I'm not going alone. Uh, uh, they ask an um, associate or a partner, someone to step into that tense conversation uh, together. It, it's wise. I, I remember many times in my my life where I've been asked or I went to the scene or I went to the situation and, and I was all alone just trying to minister. And man, I'm thinking, wow, it'd have been so nice if I had somebody with me, right? Because this is a difficult situation. You might have experienced something like that. Maybe you're going through something right now and you wish you had an errand, someone that wasn't a superhero, that didn't get all the press, but at least they were there by your side. And because Aaron was willing to be the unsung hero, not the big hero, Moses impressed and moved that eventually Pharaoh would release the people. They would be delivered out of Egypt and be on their way to the promised land. Now we see later in the book of Exodus that they have made it out and they're traversing through this, this desert to this area to get to this promised land they've never been before. Now, all of a sudden, there are people in that area that don't appreciate this whole nation walking through their territory. And so there's enemies that are coming after Israel. And in chapter 17, it talks about the enemy of the Amalekites. 
Uh, these people are upset, and they war against and come after these Israelites. All of a sudden, Moses is finding himself in a predicament again. Like, uh-oh, we're under attack, right? We really don't have much resource. We've been enslaved for uh, many years. Uh, we don't have weaponry and stuff, and they do, and, and we're in trouble. And so he goes to God and says, God, I, I, what, what should I do? And God gives him some directions. He says, now, Moses, you need to take some of your young uh, leaders like Joshua and form an army the best you can to confront this army, but I need you you need to war not physically, but spiritually. I need you to go up to the hill, and you're going to be the intercessor. You're going to be praying over your army for anointing and favor to push back the Amalekites. I want you to just intercede. Now, the word intercede means that you are entering in to this, this battle. You are uh, uh, leaning or yearning uh, uh, to, to engage in a spiritual, emotional fight. And so he's up on this hill praying of all his heart. And, and the, the writers in Exodus 17 uh, share it this way. <clears throat> so Joshua fought the Amalekites, and Moses had ordered, and Moses and Aaron and Hur, Hur was another Aaron type, went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held his hands up, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. So, so you, you get the picture. Uh, Moses is in it to win it, right? He's not doing the little fighting, but he is up there praying his heart out, and his arms are up, pleading and interceding for favor over his, his army. And all of a sudden, you know, after a while, it just gets kind of tiring. It, it gets hard, right? He starts lowering his hands, and pretty soon his army starts being pushed back. But it goes on. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took, Aaron and Hur, took a stone and put it under him, he sat on it, and Aaron and her held his hands up. This was critical. One on one side, one on the other, so his hands remained steady till sun sets. They were at war. You ever been in war before? You ever had your heart broken, and you needed to intercede, and you needed to persevere, and all you could do sometimes is just pray and hang in there? It's not only just spiritually tiring, sometimes it can be emotionally tiring. Who is going to be the one, like Aaron, the unsung hero and her, that would say, we see your need. Hear how we can assist you. And we're going to be up there holding your hands up also in this war, in this battle, in this fight. I would suggest that a lot of times when we're in a fight, we feel very alone. We're the only ones that are carrying this burden. We're the only ones that are stressed out about this or, or just uh, feel the pain of someone else's pain. But what if we had someone that was like this unsung hero of Aaron who saw that we were getting tired, who understood that sometimes the battles, the inward battles and the mental battles and the spiritual battles are tough, and they would be willing to hold us up in prayer and just indicate that, that we're with you. We understand can you think of someone that's in a battle today? Is there someone that might need your support, your prayer today? See, I've lived long enough and talked to enough people that a lot of times there are people battling with situations. Yes, we come to church. We might watch online. We got a smile on the face. But a lot of times we're not sharing some of the battles that, that we know is happening in families and in bodies. We just kind of manage through it. But there are several people, many people are battling things like cancer 
infertility. Maybe their marriages is on the rocks. Maybe their, their kids just breaking their heart, right? Maybe there's job challenges. We know of people that, that are enduring grief and loss. People can secretly be discouraged, even battling depression. And who will be the one that would be like Aaron to say, I will go into the battle with you. I will hold your hands up. I will help you. You might be asking, well, how, how, do, you, how do you do that? I, I think sometimes in some circumstances, we can just be there in, in presence, physically, just like Aaron was. You know, maybe you, you hear, you get a call and say, hey, someone's been in an accident, and you could maybe just go to that, that emergency room and you sit with the family. Uh, you don't have to say certain things. You don't have to be a minister, but just to be present to say, I'm here to support you. I am with you. Do you need anything? Maybe it's a, a matter to say, hey, would you like to grab a cup of coffee? Let's just catch up. I, I care. I'll just be here for you. Probably more importantly is the prayer aspect. It's the intercession aspect to let people know, I know you're going through a battle. I, I know you're up against it, but I'm willing to pray with you. What, what are you praying about? You know, um, in the Batman and Robin scene, you know, Batman was always more the gifted and the bigger. And, and little Robin over there, right? Maybe he wasn't as big as bad and all that kind of stuff, right? But he had some assets. And, and he backed up. Uh, Batman in those, those battles and those wars. And that's what Aaron was doing, just coming alongside in presence or in prayer, say, I am with you. And so what we learn is that everyone in a battle needs a backup. Everyone battling needs someone to back them up. Again, you don't have to be the hero but you can be that assistance. You can be that supporter. You can be that hand raiser. Say, I know it's heavy for you. I know it's agonizing for you. You know, as you think about it, why, why don't people have more errands in their life? Why isn't more of that partnership? Um, we, we might say, well, I, I didn't know that you were going through this. I had no idea. I thought everything was fine in, in your world and your, your family. Uh, sometimes I, I think we don't share because there's pride. Uh, we just kind of like, hey, man, you know, I think I can handle this. I'm kind of the Batman. I don't need a Robin. I, you know, I, I'm surely it'll be okay. And so pride just kind of creeps up and we don't let anybody know, right? Uh, sometimes it's a matter of, uh, if we did, it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, this is happening in my family. This is happening in my career or my, my body. And, and, and what I have to share is kind of embarrassing. So we, a lot of times we, we hold it all in. We, we, we don't share and we're battling all by ourselves. We're tired. We're exhausted. We don't know what else to, to pray about because we need, don't have anybody else in the, in the shadows guiding us and encouraging us. Well, how many of you realize that this is important? I, I was thinking about that. I say, I bet there's a lot of mothers in the, the room today that understand the support when we are up against it. Do you remember the times where you're, maybe your water broke and you were giving birth, right? And hopefully maybe you had a husband in that room. Uh, the husband wasn't going through the, the physical agony, but praise God, that husband was there to help you, to support you, to maybe hold your hand. We can get through this. It's a scary time. It's an intense time. And in those times, it's great to have that unsung hero like Aaron to support us. Recovery ministries understand the principle and the value of this. 
They understand people are trying to get off addictions. They're going to go through some tough valleys, some tough times, and they always give them a sponsor. And the sponsor is the one that's like uh, in the shadows to, to remind and support and encourage, right? And without this sponsorship, the, these errands, it's hard to have victories in the battles. We see this in the church. A lot of times healthy leaders, healthy church leaders understand they can't do it all. Uh, sure, they, they, they might have some fabulous gifts and, and strengths, right? But if they don't have people assisting, they don't have people supporting. Sometimes in, in, in the ministries, there are some complex issues, some spiritual dynamics, some, some decisions and personal things that are happening, and it just weighs down on spiritual leaders. And for someone to say, man, I'm, I'm in your camp to, to support you, and I'm praying for you. Is there anything you need? That just lifts up that that spiritual leader to continue on. Ultimately, we see this principle of backups when people are, are battling in the Bible. If, for instance, Jesus, when he sent out his disciples, he didn't send out all of them by themselves. He said, no, I want you to go in twos. Um, more than likely, there was one of them maybe who had more strengths or, or better strengths, but and, and um, combine them with an assistant there to say, there's two of you, not just one, because the battle's going to be tough. Uh, one of the unique characteristics of the Holy Spirit is called the paraclete, uh, the Greek term for uh, th- this entity that comes alongside. That's what the word paraclete means in the Greek, right? That we're not just battling all by ourselves, but the, the Holy Spirit is walking with us. He's guiding us. He's comforting us. He's counseling us. He might even convict us, this Holy Spirit. We, we see in Romans 8, 26, it said, in our weakness, in other words, when we're exhausted, the Holy Spirit intercedes. He jumps in into that battle and prays for us when we don't even know what to pray. He does the praying for us with wordless groans. He's there for us. Uh, the Apostle Paul realized that life is not easy. And, and it takes others, it takes the church to, to engage in Galatians 6, 2. He writes to the church, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfills the law of Christ. I mean, this is one of the, the characteristics of a true, authentic Christ, Christian, that they care. You know, people can be so busy and doing their old thing, and good luck with that. But for that Christian to pause and say, I understand, it seems like you're going through a battle. I care about that. Could, would you mind if I just walked with you, checked in on you? I prayed for you. Would that, you. would that you have this distinction out there in the world? Do we bear one another's burdens, even in this community? See, this characteristic, the law of Christ, of caring, it, it, it's so much like Christ. In fact, John describes Jesus in John chapter 2, verse 1, as an advocate. An advocate is almost like a, a lawyer or a counselor that when, when we are standing before, we have an advocate next to us that's speaking on our behalf. And that's when it's going to happen. Uh, when we face judgment seat, that we are all guilty of sin. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all blown it, right? The only way that we can have eternal life and peace with Christ is not by our self-righteousness or our self-works. It's going to need something higher, more divine. And that's what Jesus did on the cross, and he died for our sins. And if anyone would believe that and repent of that and receive Christ into their life, 
then our, our sins are forgiven. They're cleansed. He stands in our soul as our Savior, as our advocate. And one day when our physical life is over, we will have to give account. We will not be by our, ourselves. It will be Christ Jesus, the advocate, that will be pleading on our behalf and said, Father God, I bled for this person's sin. And he invited me or she invited me into this heart. And they are good they are saved. They are new in Christ, and we can enter into eternal life because he's our advocate, this person that is our, our backup, our person that is alongside of us. And because Aaron understood the value of not being the hero so much, but being willing to be the unsung hero, he was there for Moses, the hero's critical times. He was there when they had to face down Pharaoh. And he was there in that war when uh, things were in the balance, holding up his leader's arms, praying and encouraging him. And because of that, Exodus tells us that Joshua overcame the Amalekites' army and with the sword. There was victory. Uh, there was deliverance once again. It wasn't just the hero, but it was a company of people working together, supporting, carrying each other's burdens. Everyone in a battle needs a backup. So what can we do about this? What, what could we uh, take home today? Any, any action steps today? Well, can I suggest a couple? Number one, I, I just want to challenge you to uh, be praying and thinking about how maybe you could be uh, an errand, that there is someone in your family, someone in your neighborhood, community, work, church that might be ongoing, going up against it. And they're looking and wishing they had someone that would just support them in prayer and need. It, it might be a matter of a presence uh, that, that you show up with some food or, or you just are there in the, the emergency situation, right? But a lot of times it's, it's just that emotional, spiritual support to say, I'll, I'll walk with you on this situation. You know, one of the things that we are learning in our marriage about is a lot of times we don't even realize what our spouse or family member is carrying. So um, weekly, when we do our little powwow together, one of the questions we'll ask each other is, what, what are you carrying? What are you burdened about? And so sometimes it's, it's nothing. I'm, I'm nothing's too heavy. And in other weeks, it might say, yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about this or I'm this is a big project. This is a big decision. And, and that spouse is just like, okay, I'm going to be praying for you, with you. That's what God is looking for. It doesn't always have to stay in a marriage, but it can be with friends or coworkers to say, hey, how can I pray with you? And if you're looking, it's like, well, I don't know anybody that's in a battle. I'm not sure what to do with that. Uh, there's about 40 people in our church that's part of our prayer chain. And uh, once a week, at least once a week, uh, Pastor Peggy sends out an email and kind of lists off uh, people that are asking for prayer, people that are in, in need. And these people pray. That's a great start to say, oh, I, I see so-and-so. Uh, maybe their relative or their child or someone's up against it. And, and it'd be a prime opportunity to maybe text them or email them or call them and say, hey, I saw that, that your relative or something happened in your life. I just want you to know that I'll be praying for you. Is that okay? Or to ask them, hey, would you, would you like me to just kind of check in on you and walk uh, close by you? Uh, what a gift that would be. If you're interested and say, hey, I'd like to be part of that prayer chain, you're always welcome to take a, a red card in front of you next step card, and just fill out your, your name, maybe your email, and just write in there a prayer chain. 
Uh, there's people that send in red cards or uh, contact our church and say, I got a prayer need. And we ask them, would you like to be on the prayer chain? Yes or no. And so then it goes out to the prayer chain and these 40 people. And, and maybe it's like, I'd like to be one of those 40 people. We'll just fill this red card, put it in our offering box on the way out. Or your connection card also could be on in the offering box. And we'll get that to Pastor Peggy. It's a great way to say, man, who around me uh, needs me to step in and say, hey, I'll, I'll walk with you. I'll be your backup. Second thing I would, would encourage you is that um, a lot of times it takes some courage to just speak out and say, I'm in need of someone to help me. Uh, again, we kind of keep it to ourselves. We might be embarrassed about it. We're not sure. And there are times where we have to step out and, and look for errands. As someone that we can trust, someone that we can count on. It doesn't always have to be a pastor. It can start with a pastor, but that trusted friend. I mean, it really begs the question, are you one of those trusted friends? Could someone come to you and say, you have uh, some maturity and some character in your life. Uh, would you be willing to pray for me? Maybe me and my spouse, we're not doing very well. Would you pray for me? I got a doctor's appointment or something in my job is not doing well. And that person just privately, um, carefully, just kind of walks with you, checks in on you, and helps you. That might be a step for you to say, man, I, I need an errand. And reach out to someone and say, could you walk with me? This whole concept of being a backup being by someone's side in the midst of their battles, came real life to the Bauer family a year and a half ago. Steve and Don Bauer were just a 50-year-old couple. They had older, two older kids uh, persevering through life, and she, he contracted COVID. Well, a lot of people did, but he got a strain that was highly um, um, uh, deadly and, and serious. And next thing you know, he found himself in the hospital, not breathing well. A couple of days later, they said, man, you're, you're really suffering. We're going to have to put you on a ventilator. And everyone here probably knows, you know, the reputation of ventilators. And, and it gets really, really dark and scary when you get put in that situation. Well, Dawn back at home with her, her daughter, they were all alone. Uh, Dad is very sick. Uh, the word kind of trickled out, and she reached out to her uh, Steve's brother and her sister-in-law, Lynn and Mike, and said, uh, Stephen's up against it. Uh, the, the doctor said he's going on a ventilator. He's not doing well. And immediately, Lynn and Mike kicked in and became the Aaron in her life and immediately said, we are here with you physically, emotionally, especially spiritually. Don says that through those long months, it was Lynn that was by her side. It was Lynn that said, hey, listen, we, we need to establish a caring bridge. Let me get that up for you, and I will be the one that posts. You don't have to worry about corresponding with everybody. Uh, that can be taxing. Let me do that. I will do that. Eventually, Stephen would, would be, go in such dire straits that he would be put in a coma for 40 days. And in these days of, of this coma, his organs started shutting down, and the doctors were coming to Don and saying, it does not look good. You need to prepare. The whole time, this Lynn was texting her. This whole time, Lynn was calling her. The whole time, Lynn was checking on her. Uh, the, periodically, they would ask uh, Don, hey, do you need anything? How's the money income? Steve has not worked for months. How are you doing? 
She said, Don said it was so reassuring when once in a while there, there would be a text from Linda say, hey, I was listening to this song. You ought to listen to this worship song. It's just so reassuring. Sometimes Lynn or Mike would send her a verse from the Bible. Hey, just cling to this, this promise of the Bible. That was so uplifting. Lynn and Mike realized that a lot of times it was lonely. Uh, there must, wasn't much going on. And so they would invite um, Dawn and her kids to come up. Hey, why don't you hang out with us? And, and we're doing some family activities. When those dark, intense conversations came with the doctors, hey, we need to make the decisions. Do you have a, a health care directive? Uh, you need to make plans. Dawn said it was, it was Lynn and Mike that she could bounce the ideas off. It was Lynn and Mike that, that heard her cries and was there for her through all this. And, and she said, you know, it's not like that they were uh, retired uh, people. They were very busy people. They lived 30 minutes away. They had three busy kids, a dog, uh, careers, and yet they found time to walk with me and Steve through this time. You know, many of you know the rest of the story that, that God in his sovereignty um, touched Stephen. He was over the edge, man. He was shutting down, but somehow God started redeeming his life and Stephen slowly recovered from COVID. And if you talk to him today, uh, he's about 99% back to where he was. And he lost a lot. And God is doing some marvelous things in his life. It's an incredible miracle of God. But, but Don was share, it didn't look good back in those days. But praise God for these errands in my life that walk with me. You know, everyone needs an errand when the chips are down and things don't look good? Could it be that God is using this message uh, to inspire you, to challenge you, to find people that might be suffering, that might need an errand to walk into those circumstances or walk through those valleys and battles with? Would you be willing to pray about that? Would you be willing to be open to be that unsung hero of Aaron? I want to encourage everyone to, to stand as we close in prayer. So good to have you today. Uh, you're welcome to stick around, have maybe a cup of coffee. I know the kids are going to have a little ice cream social. It's a beautiful day today. Before we go, let's, let's just kind of uh, pause and ask uh, God to help us. Uh, gracious God, there might be someone that is listening today, someone in this hall that's up against it. And they're walking and carrying something that is very hard and very scary for them. Maybe it might be a, a relative or a personal issue. And, and I pray that uh, they would reach out, uh, maybe contact me or someone close to them in the church to just say, hey, I, I, would you be willing to um, hear me and, and pray for us? Because things are tough right now in our home. Uh, would you will, give them the courage to do that? On the other side, God, we pray for us. Help us not just walk by people. Help us not just be so busy in our life that we wouldn't ask some hard questions. Hey, I noticed that you haven't been around. I noticed maybe you're not smiling as much. Is there anything going on in your, in your life? Is there any way I could pray for you? What a friend. What a hero. Help us to be proactive, God, as, as we go forth. And finally, God, we thank you for your love and your Holy Spirit. That if nobody's there, God, you're there. And your Holy Spirit 
will never leave us nor forsake us. And your Holy Spirit will be the great paraclete God that intercedes for us in all things. Help us now to be more like you and, and love people. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Well, thanks for worshiping with us today and watching us online. Have a great week. You're dismissed. <laughs>